Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is the podcast recording and the drive-in worship service, April 25th, 2021. Hey, I'm glad everybody's here and I'm glad if you're listening at home, I'm glad you've tuned in. I have a couple announcements for us. Uh, I'll start off with, if you were to ask me what my favorite food was, probably until I was 13, probably 13 or 14, I would have answered strawberries. Um, Can you hear me? Okay, because I heard somebody say, hey, can you hear him? So I was thinking, maybe they couldn't hear me, but now you can. What was I saying about strawberries? Somebody just said no. Okay, we're we're pausing. Jim isn't getting it. It's at eight eighty seven point three FM. Eighty eight point three. Eighty eight point three. Can you hear me now? I mean I'll keep talking. Okay. I'll just keep doing the announcements until we can figure out what's going on with the radio antenna. There's a strawberry extravaganza after the service. That's what I wanted to say. And it was it was a really good announcement until the I blame it on the technology. Who's with me? All right. Uh, but I want to thank Unetta and the crew. So if everybody could honk their horn or like clap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a celebration. And this is, as a people of God, we, we can do this. We can hold this intention. There's joyful because there's strawberries and strawberries are on sale. Somebody is really serious about thanking you, Netta. They just set off their car alarm. That's wonderful. You, Netta, that car really likes you. Um, but we can also hold in our other hand, we're going to be missing some folk. The M family is going to be moving away from us uh, pretty quickly here. Uh, they're going to Arkansas. And then the Rasmussens are not that far behind. And they're headed over to Oklahoma. And then uh, the Olsons are going to be head to Florida eventually. So make sure at some point you thank Yunetta for the strawberries and you tell John and Judy, uh, Kathy and Bob and Sherry and Kirk and Elaine, something you're going to miss about them. Tell them you're in their corner praying. Uh, Remind them that uh, we're going to love them no matter what. They're just moving location. They're still a part of us, you know. And the other announcement I got for us is is a women's retreat, and that's this Saturday. And I just found out it's free. So why wouldn't you come? If you're, if you're free on Saturday, you come over here. Uh, 10, to, 10 to 2 is what it's going to be doing. There's going to be lunch provided. Isn't that true? You're going to be doing some crafting. And there's going to be uh, a worship leader, Abby Garcia. Abby's the... The ch- anyway, she's she's like a daughter of my own. So if you're a woman, show up around here and the woman leading worship, just know that I have a special place in my heart for that lady. Um, anywho, we got the jam. Was uh, Troy here? Did Troy awake? Okay, you want to come up to the microphone, Troy? This is Troy Wathen. He joined with the last uh, n- new members class right before COVID. Oh, he's going to play a little ditty. All right, here right. we go. Can you hear me? All right. Now, 
my wife told me I couldn't so- sing this song at church, but um, I'm singing it anyway. So, and uh, some of you might have some instruments out there. Um, when you feel when you feel comfortable, join in. Mama, take this bat from me. I can't use it anymore. It's getting dark, too dark to see. Feels like I'm knocking on heaven's door. Knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Now join in. Come on, you know this song, right? Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. All right. Now, as you can tell, I'm not, I'm not as proficient as our gentlemen who play, and ladies and gentlemen who play over here. And that's why we're starting the jam at the Covenant, because people like me want to get out and play more. It's a way to force myself to play. Some of you who had tambourines or, or knockers or anything like that, you, you have all the tools to come and join us. So I've heard from people that somebody, somebody made a comment to me that you know that our average age here is 70-something or something like that. And, and, and my answer to you is, aren't there any old guys out there who play guitar or something? Just because you're older doesn't mean you can't join us. The goal of the jam is to have a place where musicians can just come and hang out. Even non-musicians can come and hang out because all of us have a, a musical instrument. It's called our mouth and our vocal cords. So the jam is for us to just come and hang out, invite people from the community to come and hang out, we're not having a gospel message or anything at it. it. The gospel message is going to be you making making friends with other people and then having conversa- conversations with them. The song I just sang, it's it's a it was a popular song, um, but it it says a message about the the angst that's in our in our soul, and almost all music does that. And so there's plenty of opportunity for us to share the gospel message at some point once we make friends with people who want to pl- come and play and learn how to play, play music. I hope that I'll get some, some people joining me from, from the band so that we'll have a little bit of embellishment. So it's a great way to come and learn, play, and hopefully learn some, learn some new skills. All right, that's the jam at the Covenant. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I should say when it is. It is the first and the third Tuesday of every month. Is that right? That's right. Pastor. Um, that is first right. and third Tuesday of every month. So thing. we're going to start the first Tuesday of May. We're starting. And are yeah. we in the choir room That's or the in day. the choir room or? Okay, we're not sure yet. To be determined still. We will just show up and I'll find you. Absolutely. And uh, I was told that my predecessor, Tim McCalmont, loved Bob Dylan. But that was a Bob Dylan tune, if everybody didn't know that. And I know. And I was, I was, 
I was kind of disappointed in my predecessor. I'm going to text him later today because there wasn't a lot of singing going on. It seemed like you guys didn't even know that. Anywho, let's, uh, let's stand. I'll, go, I'll give us a call to worship. And I'll be brief, but I want to remind everybody here, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. talking about a worthy superhero. Do you have a favorite superhero? Our lesson today is about a beautiful young woman who became a queen and saved her people from being destroyed by an evil enemy. I think she would definitely fit into the category of superhero. This is a story of an evil man named Haman, a king named Xerxes, 
a man named Mordecai, and his beautiful cousin, who was an orphan. Her name was Esther, which means star. Esther was a Jewish girl who had been taken captive. After her parents died, she was adopted by a family member, Mordecai, who raised her as his own daughter. Now the king needed a new queen, and Esther was selected from many young women. She found favor in the eyes of everyone that saw her. Haman was a high-ranking official and did not like the Jews. He particularly did not like Mordecai. So Haman decided to destroy all of his people, which were also Esther's people. The king was unaware that Esther was Jewish. What was Esther to do? She did not want her people to be destroyed. She was afraid if she asked the king to halt Haman's plans, she would die and she did not ask the king. Her people would be destroyed, including her cousin Mordecai. Esther prayed. Her servants prayed. Mordecai prayed. The Jewish people prayed. Then Esther decided to go before the king. She was very brave and loved her people and God very much. She saved her people from Haman's evil plan. Even though the word God is not recorded in the book of Esther, his work, his guidance, and his protection is there for us to hear. When we listen to God, we can do great things. Pray with me. Thank you for brave people who spread your word, and thank you for all of the heroes of the Bible. Thank you for your protection against evil. Amen. At this time, all children and youth are dismissed to Sunday school. The Greek word in the Bible for sin is generally translated to miss the mark, often a term used in archery. Every day we strive to hit the bullseye. We strive to be more and more like Jesus. And every day we seem to fall short. We miss the mark. Confession is about recalibrating our relationship with the one true God, an intimate act of drawing closer to him. Let us confess together our sins against God and neighbor. Almighty and merciful God, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. O oh Lord, have mercy on us. Forgive those who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent according to your promises declared to the world in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O oh merciful God, for his sake, that we may live a holy, just and humble life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat our, us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. In Christ Jesus, we are forgiven.
Good morning. I was asked by the mission committee to give a report on my work with Wycliffe Bible Translators, and that is what I thought I would do exclusively because COVID has changed my job a great deal, even though I'm still working from home, and it has also increased the stress level. You can imagine that um, what missionaries experienced when they heard about COVID while living in countries with very poor medical facilities and few supplies and how they felt. And my job is to provide member care for these people. But this month, instead, I would like to teach you what God has imprinted on my heart just in the last week. My journey started with an invitation to watch an interview with a man I will call James, who is married to a woman I'll call Fatima. They work in a Muslim country, and this country will re remain unnamed as well to protect the movement that is going on there. This Muslim country is home to the fastest growing church in the world. If I told you many of the mosques are empty inside this country, a country known as a radical nation, the most radical nation in the world, you would never believe me. But this is exactly what is happening. God is moving powerfully there. There are more, many stories coming out of this country, but I only have time to focus on one. Fatima grew up to, to a devout Muslim in the country I'm talking about, as a, a Muslim in the country that I'm talking about. But at age 23, she was disillusioned and depressed. At the same time, her mom was also depressed because she had MS and could no longer walk. They both decided they would end their lives. The evening was planned, the family was scooted out of the house, and before the, their plan came about, they decided to turn on the TV. The man on the screen said, why do you want to kill yourselves? Jesus wants to change your life. They were furious, and Fatima's mom picked up the phone to call the station to tell them they were wrong. She talked with a pastor for two hours, and he wasn't able to convince her that Jesus did want to change her life. So he finally said, give God one week to show himself to you, and if he doesn't, then go about your business. And she took the challenge. That night, or rather early in the morning at 5 a.m., screams were heard from um, Fatima's mom's bedroom and Fatima ran in and saw her mom walking around the room. Later tested for MS again there was no sign of it. The doctor asked what she did and her reply was simply I prayed to Jesus and immediately in that room five people were led to Christ. Fatima also came to know Jesus and became a, a leader in the church where she met James, a missionary. In her country, they are experiencing the biggest revival since the Islam, Islamic conquest. At the beginning of the revival, James shared that they would say Jesus and eight people, eight to ten people would come to, to him then and there. People are having Paul, Saul to Paul experiences ready to die for him. There is a cost 
to following Jesus there. Persecution is real. Church leaders and members are arrested, but they continue to be the fastest growing church in the world. To continue to grow, the people need the Bible in their language. The Bible is God's word to us, and God uses us, uses it to grow our faith. And many of these people still need God's word in their language. And there are still 2,000 languages waiting for a translation project to start in, in their countries. Thank you. Can you hear me now? All right. I feel like a commercial. Can you hear me now? Uh, Jesus said this, you can summarize the law and the prophets this way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and Luke, in the book of Luke, adds, with all your strength. And so we are going to sing about that right now. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Here we go. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I will serve, I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I will serve. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. After me, here we go. I will love you. Here we go. I will love you. I will praise you. I will praise you. I will serve you. Go ahead. soul, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my 
with all my strength. Sing that again. With all my heart. With all my soul. With all my mind. With all my strength. I will love you, Lord. I will love you, Lord, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. Do it again. I will love you, Lord, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. Last time. I will love you, Lord, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. I look to you, I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you, you're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom, you know just what to do. God, I look to you, I won't be overwhelmed, give me vision to see things like you do, God, I look to you, where my help comes from, give me wisdom, you know just what to do. I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my shield. I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever, all my days, I will love you, I look to you, God, I look to you, I won't be overwhelmed, give me vision to see things like you do, God, I look to you, you're where my help comes from, give me wisdom, you know just what to do, sing it out, I will love you, I will love you.
Please be seated if you're standing up. Hallelujah. Our God reigns, right? It's hard to... Yeah, that's ridiculous. I kind of just want to send everybody home. Well, actually, I kind of want to just eat some strawberries. But let's look at God's Word. And uh, we're in a series on the epistles of John, the letters of John. And we're the third weekend, and we've been... We kind of used... Easter is our launching pad as um, Jesus called us as king to be second exodus people. That means um, forgiven and released from the bondages of this world while remaining in the world, not of the world. In other words, our allegiance is to Jesus alone in the midst of all these competing forces. And so we, we walked into the epistles of John and how do we do that? How do we live out our freedom as second exodus people? And now it's not only the people of God. The first exodus was out of slavery under Egypt for the people of God, the Jews. Now, as the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of our Lord has happened, it's freedom from this world in the midst of this world. He puts it in parables over and over in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, wheat among weeds. And and such. And so how do we live amongst this depraved and hurting place? And if you've read the news, it's hurting pretty bad. But re re remain aligned with our Lord Jesus in such a way as to make an impact and to set as many captives that God places in our path free along with us. And I tell you, with the plane going ahead, it, right, there's been spiritual warfare. There's no doubt about it. And I don't think the evil one, devil, whatever you want to name it, the evil forces 
want this message to get out. We've had technological difficulties like crazy lately. And we've had all kinds of setbacks. Like last week, was anybody here? Hurricane Shinene flew through. You know, like I don't even know what that name was. But it was crazy. The wind, it almost blew down the tent and hurt a lot of people, you know. And I, 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 I want to start off with praying again. And then I want to get into our text. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. I pray that you would use me as your vessel right now. And I pray that you would teach us at this local outpost of your kingdom how to be second Exodus people and how to, how to keep you as Lord of our lives every second of every day. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Okay, let's get to the text. 1 John chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 11. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who was from the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be astonished, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Whoever does not ab love abides in death. And all who hate a brother or sister are murderers and know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love, how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help. Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth and will, and will re reassure our hearts before him. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God. And we, we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus the Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the spirit that he has given us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. From the beginning, verse 11, it tells us, and we've been in this. This is like, he, he's been saying this the whole letter. He's been just hovering around what is our main call. Starts with an L, ends with an of. Love, right? It's, it's basic. It's basic, but he still, and I just want to remind everybody, this is one of Jesus' best friends. Jesus had two best friends when he was on earth, and this was one of them. John, the beloved. He's the same guy who wrote the Gospel of John. And 
this guy knew Jesus as he was walking around. And that came up in chapter one. It was like, I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. And what's ingrained inside this man that's writing this epistle and telling us how to live as second Exodus people is, I was around him day and night and what he was exuding and what he was putting out was love. Was just love. Um, have, you ever, have you ever noticed that if you hang around somebody for a while, you start to dress like them and they start to, and you start to act like them. That's the point I'm talking about. Look at Troy and Pachi, for, for example. They're wearing matching fedoras, and I pretty much they're wearing the same outfit. You know, they're, it, they're cruising through life. You start to look like one another. You start to act like one another. John is calling everyone who's, who's reading these letters. It is all about huddling back with love himself. That is Jesus. And he, he, he starts off this passage. He says, this has been the same way. It's from the beginning. Love came out from God the Father. It was, he, it's like the gospel of John. He always goes back to the beginning. He always goes back to when the, when the spirit was hovering over the water and God's intention was before he made anything, his intention was love. His character was love. Those trees were made from love. Those grasses, you know, every blade of grass was made from love. He's, he's got so much love, it's just spilling out. And then he dips into some pretty harsh words against people that don't love and that don't abide. And this is where you've got to look at some commentaries and, and see in context this letter is written to a, a church that there's some people and commentators have labeled them different things. Um, and one, and most, most commentators label them the cessationists. And what I'm saying is, have you ever been in a room where someone you love is talking to someone else that you love on the telephone and you're trying to fill in the blanks do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm talking about? Nobody's ever talked on a telephone. Has anybody ever talked on a telephone? Okay, we'll start there. And then we'll start with, have you ever been in a room where someone you like or love or in your life is talking on the telephone to someone else? And you're, you're hearing some important information. In this letter, we're only hearing, we're like in the room and John's talking to these people that are in this place called the early church and he's giving them advice that we can only deduce what it is because of the way he's saying it. What everybody agrees is John is talking into a church that started all on the right page, but now there's all kinds of people that are going off the path and thinking Jesus wasn't fully God or Jesus was, wasn't a man. He was just a spirit. And then there, Jesus wasn't, he was just a normal guy. Uh, you know, there are all these things that are splitting off. And John is saying, no, no. What Jesus was, he was God. He was a gift 
from God that was God himself. And let me, so those harsh words are really to a, those splintering groups that are missing the main point. And what's the main point? Starts with an L, ends with of, love, right? Is everybody with me still? I, I feel like I lost a couple of people, but I'll get them back right now. Because <laughs> we go into this next section where he's, he does this harsh warning and he says, you know what? And a lot of times, describing what isn't good helps you cling to that which is good. Correct? And so these warning, this warning part, that warning part is just a, like, no, no. If anybody says, you know, you, you, there's supposed to be fighting. There's supposed to be dissension. There's supposed to be f- like darkness amongst the people, amongst the followers of Jesus. They're absolutely wrong. And then he also, and then he lumps in and he says, and P.S., they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. That's just part and parcel with the message. That's part and parcel with following after a king that was hated. And a lot of people associate and say, um, that's bizarre. Come on in. Um, There's a dinner bell or something. Uh, What was I saying? Oh, a lot of people associate and say the church isn't doing its job because it's not hated enough. That isn't what John is saying. That isn't what John is saying. John is saying there's going to be hatred. You're going to come into contact with people that are absolutely opposed to God's message because the darkness loves to take over. The darkness loves to abide. The, the darkness loves to consume and steal people away from the light. And then the, the, this is the absolute crux of the passage. 16, 17, 18, and 19. Those path, those, 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 these verses. And you, we should just hang out here. And hopefully this, just go back to these texts after today, you know, after this, church and let them seek like seep in because like I said last week and the week before John is a really artsy and poetic and amazing writer and he's putting these he he's written these things down in a very Jewish way in that they are deep they are simple deep profundity and you could hang out with with them every morning and still not get to the bottom He says in 18 and 19, I'm going to do these a little bit out of order just because um, that's what I did on my outline. And because I think it sets the stage because he leads up to 18 and 19 where love is truth in action. This is what love is. From here, the, the these verses, 16, 17, 18, 19, this is what love is. Paul has 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind. You remember that one? You hear it at most weddings. This is what love is according to John, Jesus' best friend. 
God sent his one and only son into this world and that son showed us what real love looks like by laying down his life. Mary and me Thompson, she sums up really well because I think a lot of times I, we were talking about this. My wife and I often talk about what I'm going to preach about and stuff. We were walking on the beach and just battling stuff over. And she said, you know, when I hear those verses, I hear them through the eyes of a battered person. At the end of the rope. And I hear, I hear the word of God saying, suck it up. And lay down your life more. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And I think Marianne May Thompson, she wrote this commentary and she sums it up really well. She says this, but what is self-giving love? To lay down one's life for another sounds noble and heroic. But this concept is often misunderstood and misused. To tell the woman or child who is being abused that they are manifesting self-giving or sacrificial love is bad advice and poor theology. Sacrificial love that models itself after Jesus' example does not enable the destructive behavior of others, but encourages them in actions that lead to love and life and to healing and wholeness. Let me read that again. Jesus' example does not enable destructive behavior of others, but encourages them in actions that lead to love and life and to healing and to wholeness. And so you kind of need the rest of the passage to go back and to to, um, dissect and interpret what it means to... to lay down one's life. Four features of Jesus' self-giving love that are laid out in the next couple verses. First, it's voluntary. Jesus lays down his life for you and I and it's voluntary. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean that it's voluntary? It means he looks at you, Troy, and he says, you. I lay down my life for you. Jin Yu. This guy started coming by the church because he was walking his dag on Sunday mornings. And then I said, hey, why don't you show up at 10? He hasn't missed a Sunday yet. Jesus, Jesus, God says, I want to send my son for you. It's voluntary. Have you ever been someplace where they're saying, hey, I want volunteers? Actually, you're sitting in a place where we always say, hey, we want volunteers. And what do you guys do when I say, hey, can somebody come help set up tomorrow night or next Sunday? 
everybody drops their head, <laughs> right? Have you, ever, have you been here? Have you met one another? Hey, that's what, I, that's what happens all the time, except Jeff Elston. Everybody, round of applause to Jeff Elston and Corey Allen. And Corey Allen, those people. And Unetta Pickett. We actually have a lot of people that pick their heads up and say yes. But this is like God saying, who, who, wants, who wants to save these people? Who wants to love these, these misfits that are running the wrong direction? Who, are these, who wants to pick up these you know, dirty children that are running around? Have you ever had that moment where you know you have to pick up your kid and they're disgusting, they've just vomited or something like that in the back in the day? Do you remember those days? And it was always like me or Malia, and I was usually, okay, I'll do it. God's the opposite of that. He says, I want you. And he raises his hand. He says, I want you. And he, he says voluntarily, I want to go into their world. Because wrapped in there is voluntarily, word be, became flesh, right? Life-giving. That's another feature. That's the one that kind of cancels out if you're in an abusive relationship. This is a text that's not saying what you think it's saying. If you hear this text and you say, oh man, not another day, you're not reading it correctly. Jesus voluntarily lays down his life. And then John adds, and the result is he, he comes back from the dead and he's more alive than he was before. This is life-giving. And it's always accompanied by truth. It's truth in action. Because like, like I said, we're listening one end of the line. And so there's obviously somebody on the other end of the line that John's talking to and saying, no, no, he really didn't do it. This isn't, you know, that wasn't true. You know, the grave wasn't empty and that kind of thing. No, it was, it is. I remember we were, we were going through a rough patch as a family. We were going through therapy, you know, all of us. And Malia's therapist actually equipped us with, don't go into any situation that's kind of chaotic, kind of out of your hands, you know, out of control, without physically standing and looking maybe in the mirror or just sitting in your, in your living room, wherever, and just go like this and say, I have truth at the core. And if you want to know where truth is, about you and I, read the end of this passage over and over. Who we are, who we've been made into. Also, open your Bibles up to Romans 8 and just read it over and over. That's who you are, that's truth. Self-giving love is full of truth and has dripping truth all over it. And then also, the fourth one, fourth and final, attribute of a 
self-giving sacrificial love that's found in Jesus Christ towards us. And then ultimately, it's also, I'll get to that in a second. The fourth attribute is out of our abundance. I remember I was cruising in Texas and I was a, I was a college pastor in Texas. And uh, my boss, uh, actually my previous boss, I, I was hired as a youth pastor and that was my boss was Carla Matthews. And she was like a second mother to me. And then I moved over to mission uh, college and Shannon Pappas, a guy named Shannon, he's now a pastor up in Northern California. Anyway, I'm getting way off in tangents. But I remember when, when uh, it was a Tuesday and I was preaching that night, Tuesday night. And Carla Matthews ran into me in the hall and she can see in my eyes, she said, Jason, what's wrong? And I thought nothing. I was like, Nothing. What, what, what's wrong? She said, you're empty. And as I sat there I, for a second, I thought, the last time I had just spent some time with God was probably a, a week or two ago. And we had just had Zeke, and Zeke was a colicky kid, and we weren't sleeping much. You remember those days? <laughs> you know? And she looked in my eyes, and she saw that there was no abundance in me. And she said, my word to you is find out if somebody else can preach tonight and just worship. So I threw one of my interns under the bus because that's what they're there for. And Rob Garcia pulled it together and he had a sermon ready. He preached and knocked it out of the park. And I remember during worship, uh, we were singing that song, your love never lets go through the highs and through the lows. You remember that song? Nobody knows that song. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for listening, people. Anyway, and I remember just weeping like a little baby because this is a truth that runs deep. And there's a bunch of empty vessels walking around the church. And sometimes I'm, I'm one of those empty vessels. If you're running around on empty, don't, sing a single, don't say another single word. Get alone with God. Because you're, you're like no use to yourself and no use to others unless it's coming out of an abundance of knowing who and whose you are. Amen? Amen. Okay, I've got a couple applications and I'll get you out of here. One of them is, um, love in action. Do something. But before you do something, realize how loved you are. Like I said earlier in, in this message, sit with these verses. Remind yourself what it's all about. Remind yourself by being a receiving antenna of the God of the universe that absolutely adores you. He doesn't just put up with you. He really likes you. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to spend time with you. He's raising his hand saying, put, put me in your life. Voluntarily, I want to get in there. I want to... I want to remind you why I made you 
and how much I love you because simply I made you. And out of that confidence, out of that truth of knowing that the God of the universe, the God who made you, absolutely adores you, model your daily life in actions that show that you are loved and that you love. What does that mean? Opening the door for people. Waiting in the longest line at the grocery market. Not losing your temper at the, at the person who's taking a long time making your burger or something. Thinking of ways that you could leave a note in somebody you love's life and surprise them with a gift of, hey, I kind of like you. Maybe one application is right now. Take out your phone. Habla inglés. Take out your phone. And text someone that you love. Hey, either I love you, if it's going to be a little weird, you know, you can say, hey, I like you. Or just, I like you. This reminds me, just the other night, I was laughing. And Malia was like, what are you laughing about? I just, I was, I was just studying this text. And I texted my little brother, who's 17 years younger down in San Diego. He's a hospice chaplain. I just texted him at like 10 at night. Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> I just think that's awesome. But I just, I, that's what I'm talking about. John is, it must have been amazing to watch Jesus transform people's lives. Not in the huge moments, but just in those little moments where he would... He would see the person that hasn't been seen. He would touch the person that hasn't been touched. And he would let the person that feels alone know they weren't. God, I just pray you would make in us something new that we might love more like you loved and love. And all God's people said, amen. amen. And as we continue in worship, now is the time where uh, we give back to God and participate in the, the adventure of the second exodus through our resources, our means. If you're at home listening on the podcast, please uh, send your 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 tithes and offerings to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant P.O. Box 2128 Costa Mesa, California 92628 and if you're here amongst us you can leave your tithes and offerings in the, at the stations as you leave and now would you please stay, stand with me and let's worship and sit, look at these lyrics. These are absolutely the text we just read. Love came down. Jesus himself is love. Came down. Let's worship the Lord.
my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice. I'll hold on to what is true, though I cannot see. If the storms of life, they come and the road again gets steep, I will lift these hands of faith. I will believe. I'll remind myself of all that you've done and the life I have because of your son. Here we go. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. Now I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high or valley low, I sing out, remind my soul that I am yours. I am forever yours. My heart is filled with hope, and every promise comes my way. When I feel your hands of grace rest upon me, staying desperate for you, God, staying humbled at your feet, I will lift these hands and praise. I Remind myself of all that you've done in the life I have because of your son. shepherd I shall not want such familiar words 
and yet they're so very, very true. When we look on God as our shepherd, supplying all of our needs. And as we go to our time in prayer today, we hold on to that thought that the loving shepherd knows our needs, wants to hear us bring our requests to him, and wants to be there for us. Pray with me. God of all mercies, we give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all living things. Help us to be good stewards of all you have gifted us with. Give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving of ourselves in service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. We give thanks for our years of fellowship with those who are moving away from this church community. They have deepened our joys and lightened our sorrows. We will miss their love and support, yet we rejoice that they will now bless others in new places. We pray that you lead them in the days ahead, that they go in the peace of Christ. As communities commemorate the anniversary of the Armenian Genocide, we pray that such an event never happen again. We pray for tolerance of one people for another. Scripture tells us that if we humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways and pray, you will hear our prayers, you will forgive our sins, and you will heal our land. Lord, this land needs healing, yet we know we need to do our part. Open our eyes to what we can do to be part of bringing peace to our nation. Help us, we pray. Heal our land. Remove hatred and prejudice from our communities. Break down walls that separate us. Unite us with tolerance and love. Great Physician, sustain those among us who need your healing touch. Make the sick whole. Give hope to the dying. Comfort all who mourn. Uphold all who suffer in body or mind. Not only those we love and mention, but those known only to you that they may know the peace and joy of your supporting care. We pray for complete healing for Phyllis Smith, who had surgery this week. May she feel stronger and feel healing more with each passing day. We lift up Sam Allen, who has been ill, that you guide his doctors to a cause and a cure for his symptoms. We pray for growth and strength for Patty's little great-grandson. We pray for Don Beard as he undergoes cataract surgery this week. And we continue to ask for control of this pandemic, for people to receive immunity 
and receive, resume more normal lives again. Support and sustain all in the healthcare fields. We pray for our church and its leadership, especially in these times of making important decisions and also trying to keep everyone safe. Almighty God, you sent Jesus, our Good Shepherd, to gather us together. May we not wander from his flock, but follow wherever he leads us, listening for his voice and staying near him until we are safely in your fold to dwell with you forever. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 The Lutheran's still down there. <laughs> the trespasses. I heard that. I heard that. I love share. Okay. Uh, let's stand for this, this morning's call to worship and get to some strawberry eating. Um, thanks for coming once again. Thanks for listening once again, podcast listeners. But may... Was somebody saying something down there? Am I doing the wrong thing? No. Okay, good. Make sure you let the M's, uh, Rasmussen's, and the Olsons know you love them. But uh, may God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.